Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. And welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings, live fire fun and provocative. If you want to get in touch with the show this evening, if you don't know how to follow the show, your first time catching in on the live stream, and you want to know all the contact info, take a listen. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the hotly revamped and totally sexy website, the BBQ Central Show.com. And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter by the way, which is something you can also re-sign up for on the newly revamped homepage and website because when we moved over to the website terrorists, not only did the email stop working, but the newsletter stopped working, but then we moved over to Jotful. They reconnected everything. So not only can you do for the newsletter, but in the under the subscribe tab at the bottom, if you want to give show feedback or a topic you would like to hear, Fill out that little form, hit submit, and then I get notified about that, and I can put together a show in the future. So many different ways now that you can contact me, and we thank the folks over Jotful for making all of that happen. In about 12 minutes from now, because we are now officially in the sixth month of 2023, a person who has never before let off a month on the first Tuesday, and of course, I'm just kidding, it is our pal Malcolm Reed joining us from Killer Hogs, How to Barbecue Ride, yes. And then, 35 past the hour, a quarterly visitor down a little south and west of me, and the founder of Another Pint Please, Mike Lang, joins us on the show. And then we move to the second hour because it is the first Tuesday of a month, but in the second hour, you find this guy always... Sam, the cooking guy. Yes. Who I had a phone call with earlier today talking about utter nonsense that had nothing to do with the show, which those are the best phone calls. And rounding out the show this evening, a second-time guest and the creator of Girls Can Grill and the associated website, girlscangrill.com, Christy Vanover, closes the show. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and the Snapper Snaps at BBQ Central Show. 
And of course, we are saying good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of the video streaming platforms, Facebook or Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also, you can take in the show via YouTube, which is youtube.com slash at BBQ Central Show. And we do have a new poll question of the week. It was something else about four hours ago. And then I got an email from embedded correspondent official in Colorado, Dennis Busso, who has now created this poll question of the week. I'm asking you this, and it is hotly debated right now over on the tubes. Would you make a 50-50 mix of wood pellets and wood chips, mix them together, 50%, let's say a five-gallon bucket, so 2.5 gallons of wood pellets and 2.5 gallons of wood chips, not weighted, just that in volume, and then mix them together and open up your pellet cooker's hopper door and slam that mixture in there. Would you run it to increase the smoke flavor from your pellet cooker? And currently... At breakneck speed, nobody can make up their mind. It's a deadlock. Yes and no. Forcing it together. But before we got to the first result here, it was no winning by the slimmest of margins. And now that has corrected itself. Oh, wait a second. Now it has changed. Currently, 55% of you are saying no. You won't do it. I'm hesitant to even ask the question because I'm not here to purport anything other than I was doing a little research. I ended up on YouTube. There was a show that was recommended. No, you know what? That's a total lie. Dennis from Colorado sent me something on YouTube. This is what happened now. Uh, there's a YouTube channel called Ballistic Barbecue. I think I've heard of Ballistic Barbecue. I don't recall the host at all. And this was his method. Now he was using a specific cooker, a, uh, Lone Star pellet cooker. Uh, I'm familiar with the brand, but I have no intimate knowledge of any of their cookers. But this is the one he's using. And he's saying, hey, to give you a more kicked up smoke flavor, he has decided to use 50-50 mix of wood pellets and wood chips. The wood chips he were using, were using, was using, were the Lone Star Grills brand. Uh, I, I doubt, I don't know this, but I would doubt that they are manufacturing their own. Maybe it's private labeled from some other one. I don't know how much difference there is from chip to chip. But this is what he's doing to get a bigger smoke flavor. So the only question, I'm not recommending doing it. I'm only asking, would you consider it making a 50-50 mix of wood pellets and wood chips to increase smoke flavor in your pellet cooker? And right now, 55% of you are saying no. <laughs> We'll keep you updated through the show here this evening. So let's start here this evening. And I have to ask, is this going to be the weekly email or emails that I'm going to get from here on out? Did I get less than 200 emails through the course of the week telling me that I should start a new or additional podcast with Bob Trudnack and Mo Kaysan? So many emails telling me how great the extended interview was, the interaction between the three of us was, the interaction between Bob and Mo was, the fact that some of you secretly don't believe that these two guys are anywhere near as good friends as they purport to be, the reaction of the segment almost second to none. I can't comment on how tight Bob and Mo's friendship really is, but I can tell you this. I have exactly zero reason to believe 
that they aren't as chummy as they appear to be or as they say they are. If you're going on vacation with another family, there has to be a high or a highest level of intimacy and confidence there of friendship because there's a lot of people and a lot of chances for things to go south quickly. And then what? Your ass is trapped. So if Mo and Bob say are say they are brothers from other mothers, I believe him 100%. If Bob says Mo is one of his closest friends, I believe him 100%. Moreover, believe this 100% when I tell you there is a 0% chance there will ever be a Mo, Bob, and Greg podcast. Maybe there will be a Bob and Mo podcast in the future. Maybe there's already one in the works. But there will not be a three-way between us dudes. Wow, did I say that out loud? That sounded better in my head. Nevertheless, there will never be a podcast that involves the three of us as co-hosts. So we will wait until next week to see who I should be doing a podcast with then. By the way, can I please play one of my favorite sound bites from this interview last week? There were a lot of great moments from that interview, but this one stood out to me as a gem. Just to set it up a little bit, I asked Bob and Mo how they met initially. Mo mentioned that he tried calling into the Barbecue Guru when Bob was the marketing manager there a few times. Bob wouldn't take his call. And then at the 2008 American Royal, magic happened, and I'll let Mo take it from there. And then we was at the, we was at the American Royal. And Bob comes up to me, man, out the blue, man. He looked like a little kid, you know? And I said, what's up, man? He goes, uh, yeah, I'm Bobby. I'm Bobby T. I said, Bobby T, man, that sound like a pimp. What the hell you doing? What the, what the hell you doing? And he, uh, he gave me a barbecue guru. And we just hit it off. All week, I'm walking around muttering the phrase in my head secretly and out loud. Yeah, I'm Bobby. I'm Bobby T. <laughs> So I emailed Bob later in the week, and I asked him if that's how it really went down. He said no, but I'm going to believe in my own mind and heart. That's exactly how it went down, because to me, it's funny as hell. And I'm not lying when I say that could be the next animation that Damian Rodriguez is going to be contracted to do by this show. 100%. Yeah, I'm Bobby. I'm Bobby T. I liked it so much, I made it its own sound drop on top of that sound drop that I just made. I'm Bobby. I'm Bobby T. Yeah, I'm Bobby. I'm Bobby T. (laughs) Oh, Lord. My guess and what they say. Magic. Malcolm Reed is ready to go. Maybe he'll drop some magic that I can stick on my soundboard for later play. Actually, I have one of his. Pits and Spits is the best-looking, best-cooking smoker and grill on the planet. Pits and Spits offering a full family of products, including traditional offset smokers, wood pellet grills, charcoal grills, travel grills, combination pits, fire pits, and much more. Pits and Spits has been one of the only American fabrication shops focused on smokers and grills for more than 40 years. Why is that important? Because they're able to put an emphasis on quality and design, locally sourced materials, and unmatched attention to detail. From the fully welded barrels to the heavy gauge steel, they bring both function and beauty to life. Pits and Spits building every product with the intention it's going to get passed down from generation to generation to generation. 
Whether you're into competition barbecue or you just want to take that barbecue and grilling game in the backyard to the next level, there's a product for you over at Pits and Spits. Check them out at the website and this special link, pitsandspits.com slash Show. That's pitsandspits.com slash Show. Both the Pits and the Spits have the double T on the Pits and the Spits. Use promo code BBQ Central for a free spice pack with your order of $500 or more. So if you're ordering a cooker, you're well past $500 there. If you already have a cooker at home and you accumulate $500 in accessories or rubs or side cookers or fire pits for free things, because we love free things here on the show, use promo code BBQ Central at checkout and you'll get a free spice pack with $500 or more on your order. We might have some new messaging coming up, too, because Pits and Spits has extended through the second half of the year, which we certainly appreciate. Jason's Borl and all the gang out there. Coy, what's happening? And we'll be back with Malcolm Reed right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. And welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information. Or you can purchase at Amazon.com, Lowe's.com, wherever you like. Plus, they got great shipping. Amazon, Lowe's. There's another one that I can't remember right off the top of my head. But it's a big one. It's the good folks over at CookinPellets.com. My first guest tonight is the pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team and the co-creator of How to Barbecue Right. And our first Tuesday of the month regular guest It's our pal Malcolm Reed. Hey, Malcolm. What's up, Greg? We're halfway, man. I can't believe it. We are here, undoubtedly, as I said, the first Tuesday of January 2023, rapidly coming to a close. And look who's right. Time waits for no man. Before we get into things here, Malcolm, I want to ask you the YouTube poll question of the week. Would you make a 50-50 mix of wood pellets and wood chips? Put them in your pellet cooker hopper to increase the smoke flavor from your pellet cooker. You know, I heard you talking about it. That's very interesting. I wouldn't do it if I didn't have an extra grill to cook on. Because <laughs> I don't know what it's going to do. You know, the, you know, the manufacturer says don't do it. Of course. But I have. So I have uh, used like dehydrated onion and dehydrated garlic and put herbs and stuff in there to give the pellets a different flavor. We poured those right in the hopper before. Like buy the big bottle from Sam's and just add them for added flavor. <laughs> Um, I don't know what the BTUs would do off burning. You know, those chips burn so hot and so fast. So one, you know, I'm worried about them building too big a fire in the fire pot. And also, are they going to get jammed up? Because those pellets are hard. And those uh, chips are going to compress a lot. So I don't know what they're going to do with that force. But it's interesting. And, you know, it's something that, I, I mean, I'm not opposed to trying it one of my old, old banger grills. Are you familiar <laughs> with ballistic barbecue on the YouTubes? 
I, I've seen his videos. Yeah, he's been around a, a good bit. I think he's a West Coast, maybe. San Diego, I believe. And yeah, yeah. I was forwarded a link by Dennis Busso out in Colorado. He said, hey, take a look at this. Not saying try it or just something he found interesting. And here's this guy, as I was talking about, on the specific grill, Lone Star Grill pellet cooker. I don't know anything about it. And he said the biggest, I mean, what do we always hear about pellet cookers? The smoke profile is not as heavy as a stick burner. Look, I have a whole weird thought about what people really feel like about smoke. I mean, you, me, uh, you know, your family, my family, they're helpless. They're indoctrinated into this barbecue and grilling lifestyle. So they might develop a little bit more of a heavier palate for smoke. But I think by and large, the general public likes to talk about I'm smoking or it has smoke flavor, but they're not really into a heavy smoke profile. So that's where the success, aside from keeping temperature and you don't have to learn how to manage a fire or anything like that, but the wood smoke is there, but it's nice and light. It's agreeable to most palates. And this guy trying to press more smoke flavor into something that's built to give you basically a lighter smoke profile, I think is interesting, like you said. Uh, a, I, I would never try it in any of my grills too because my luck would be it wouldn't jam right up front or jam towards the burn box where it might burn through the jam. It's going to be right in the middle of that pipe. And then I'm going to have to stick some kind of an air hose up there and blow it out, what have you. And it's going to be a nightmare. So again, I'm not suggesting anybody do this. I'm just asking the question, but you're up to it for, uh, for one of those tossaways before you put it on the tree lawn, you might load it up with a 50, 50 and see what works. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, in fact, I'm going to, now we're talking about it. You've done convince me. We got to see if it works. I'll record it. See how it goes. All right. We're going to make a TikTok. <laughs> it's going to be great. There you go. It's going to be great. All right. So let's talk about last month, Memphis in May. We had a big build up to it. As I had mentioned yeah. to Chris Lilly a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like this particular Memphis in May had build up to it. The likes we had never seen stretching back months and months before the event actually comes to pass. So when you look at just the competition part, we'll get into some of the ancillaries and the, the park itself talk and whatnot. How did the cooking portion go for you this year? Everything went pretty smooth this year. I mean, we didn't finish as good as I'd hoped, but, you know, it's Memphis in May. You do what you do. But um, as far as the way the the actual competition ran on Saturday, everything was smooth, man. There was no issues that I heard of with judging. Uh, you know, I've heard some rumors of stuff. You know, some people weren't kind of happy with some results, but that's always the case. But uh, on my end, I mean, everything went good. Weather was great. Um, you know, the I mean, it was Memphis in May. I mean, it was – Definitely felt smaller scale. You know, you could tell that the teams were scaled down. It didn't seem like it was as festive as it has been in the past. From a result standpoint, as you had talked about, we <clears throat> had mentioned last time that you guys were switching to do a whole hog. You were using uh, Jay from uh, the grill company. I'm not going to remember. Outlaw, right? And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. he had that special like pivot pit, and you had – it was – a offset but then it also had uh, a part for you to take coals out of the offset and place them directly underneath to kind of get that old school flavor do you think that played into not having as great a success or did you have enough practice on it leading into it where that wasn't a factor yeah no our hog turned out great i mean on-site scores were where we you know knew they would be it's it always comes down to blind box at memphis and may you got to get on the right blind table I and mean, when we call i think we stuck 
two nines and like a nine point six, and that's how that's how tight our scores were to be at eighteen. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're you know you're not you're not we're talking. I mean, minuscule. It could have easily went the other way, and we would have been in top ten. Who knows? It may have finaled. So uh, there's a little luck part to it. Our hog turned out fantastic. You know, we slowed the cook down some. We you know we kind of held it a little you know too to give it give it some time to rest on in and. Everything, you know, from our standpoint, we were really thrilled with the product. So it was as good a hog as we've ever turned in at Memphis and May. Would you back it up next year? Go whole hog again? Yeah, 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 definitely. It was fun. You know, it's a fun cook. Um, you know, it's, I mean, I got a good squad that does the nighttime work. So I kind of take that off me. I, you know, I'm there on Friday and then I go home a little bit and come back bright and early Saturday to finish it up. So that's, you know, the schedule, the schedule on our side just works for hog. And um, hog judge last this year, so we didn't have a judge on site till like one fifteen, one thirty, something like that. So that's a you know that's a pretty good stretch. You got a lot of time on Saturday to catch things up if something is going wrong. So Would you, I like that aspect of it. Your opinion on the newly renovated Tom Lee Park? Plus, I think we're only what a week removed outside of the the music festival that takes place ahead of the actual cooking yep. competition. From what I saw, I mean, it, it, it just from looking at it for me, they added a bunch of gardens, they added some playground equipment, stuff like that. You know, they, they kind of made it more visitor friendly to where when it's not a festival, there's something to do there because it was just a giant field. Um, and it, it looks it looked good. Uh, they weren't really done with all. There's a lot of it roped off, or they were just trying to keep people off of it. They made. Uh, Loading in and, and getting our trailers in and out and stuff like that was a little more challenging because the paths that we used to have that were wide, they've got some of them you can't even travel on. Uh, they don't want cars and trucks on them. They don't want trailers on them. Um, there was a little there a little bit. I'm sorry. There's a lot of policing what was going on with us, you know, what we could do. And, if, you know, you felt you almost I mean, I'll say you felt like they didn't want you there. Hmm. So, well, you know, that 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 part was was strange to us because most of the time. You know, Memphis in May is, is just a cool laid-back event, but it was a little more heavily policed this year. Outside of these two big events, I don't know if you know or not, are there a lot of other festivals or reasons to use this park, or otherwise would it be more family-oriented or some tourists just kind of bebopping around until they leave town for however long they're in? Yeah, that's it. That's the only one I know of that's ever, you know, in, in May is the only time I know that they do festivals there. So the rest of the time, it's public use. In your opinion, is this a place that Memphis and May can stay for the long term or in order to keep this competition the way it typically would feel, it's going to have to move? If they want to grow it, no. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to do some kind of a downsized barbecue contest, possibly you know but i don't see it ever going back to its heyday where there's you know 350 teams in there and you know they got all the divisions slap full people waiting to get in and hundreds of thousands of people coming through there i don't i don't know it's going to be tough man it's it's just not set up for it now is there an alternate location around memphis where you could still call it memphis in may accommodate 250 to 300 teams and still have it feel like it or once you move it away from there I mean, you've already taken a lot of the aesthetic out of it. As you said, it was a field prior to that sitting on the Mississippi. You always talk about how great the view yeah. is and how much of a, a great competition it is for you. Mo Kaysan said it's his favorite competition to cook 
every year, and it has been for years and years. He did very well this year as well. So is is there something around there that can make it feel like that, or once you move it, it's going to change the whole dynamic? You know, they've tried it twice. We've moved it twice. Um, one, you know, with the river, the flood one year, and then, la- then the last time was a park renovation. But I don't, you know, it just doesn't have the same feel. Mm. There's something about being right there on the banks of that river that makes that contest special. And you could call it Memphis and May and move it to some big parking lot or event space or something like that. But it's not going to have the same allure, you know, the same attraction of getting people down there to the river and downtown. That's a lot of it, too. I mean, we're right at the foot of Bill Street. And Bill Street's a happening, happening place in Memphis. That's where tourism thrives. And you've got all the hotels, all the restaurants, all the blues music, the, the blues clubs and stuff like that, the great barbecue downtown. That's just what Memphis and May is. And when you go away from that, mm. I mean, it's just another, it's just going to be another fest, you know, another barbecue contest. Give me a percentage on the following question. There is an X percent chance that 2023 was the last time Memphis and May will ever be seen again. <sighs> again, in some form. I'm going to say 75. On the river, uh, I'm probably going to go 30% of maybe back there. (laughs) I feel like like they're not going to have it back there. I mean, just because I know the money they put into it down there, and it's going to take a lot to fix it back because no matter how how much you police it or, you know, what uh, if you have two large festivals bringing in and out that much equipment, all the infrastructure it takes to put on those contests, of course it's going to do some damage to the landscape. So it would be an every year thing having to fix that back. And until they get a grip on how much that's going to cost and the, you know, the time it takes to do it, that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, the city's not looking at it as a moneymaker. It's not, you know, they didn't do all those renovations to make money. They made it, they wanted to make a pretty place that drew people in year round, the, you know, the families, the community had a place for something to do. They're not really concerned about these two contests they have, you know, a music festival and a barbecue contest. I don't think that's kind of where the, the, the budding head goes, you know, Memphis doesn't, the city of Memphis doesn't run the contest, right? It's Memphis, Memphis amazing. It's own organization. So they're basically, you know, temporary leasing that site to have the, to have that contest. So, um, you know, if they owned it, it would be different, but the, with, with the way it is now, it's going to be tough. Chris Lilly told me, and, and, you know, I'm no official either, Greg, you, this is just opinion, <laughs> straight opinion. <laughs> Chris Lilly gave his opinion a couple of weeks ago. He said, it thought it was a 50, 50 shot that it would be back at Tom Lee Park. However, he also gave me 50-50 that we would ever see Memphis and May again. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, you know, I hope, I hope I, for, I mean, for all the teams and all, you know, the people that we've been vested in it in years and the memories we have down there, I hope, I hope we still ha- get to have it in some form, you know. I see myself still doing it. Which is the bigger, more impressive win? 2022 Blues Hog doing the whole hog on that, huge ass drum or this year ridiculous ending a 20 plus year dry spell ribs winning overall world championship which is the bigger win i'm gonna have to say ribs just because it's been so long yeah i mean there hasn't been a rib team that was the first rib team that's won since i started cooking in memphis in may and i've been doing it a long time since 06 so that's you know it's that's that's something there i mean the hog the hog on the drums awesome those guys you know uh they did a awesome job the the blues hall and gateway guys i mean that was that was unbelievable but for a rib to finally get a win at memphis and may you know that that's pretty amazing what keeps ribs out of it i mean aside from the last winner 
who I don't think anybody knows, Pyro Pig Maniacs. The only other rib winner that you could probably think of off the top of your head is going to be uh, Mike Mills over at Apple City Barbecue. Yeah. And other than that, I doubt anybody could pick off uh, a rib winner just off the top of their head. What keeps ribs out of it? I think it's just, you know, with ribs, you've usually got about 10, 12 bones there that you're presenting to a judge. There's not as much as you could do to them. Giving them all that hog, you know, the shoulder, the loin, the ham, the belly to finish it off. Or when you're even going through a whole shoulder, there's just so more meat, so much more to talk about, so much more to to dog and pony for them than just a rib. Uh, it's got to be, you know, you know, for a rib to win to me, it's got to be a hell of a rib, Greg. It's just got to yeah. knock your socks off. And, and how often do you have a baby back rib that does that compared to this other meat, you know? I've often said, even I can cook a pretty kick-ass rib. So that's going to be a tough one to win a huge contest like this. But as somebody who likes to cover it and enjoys competition, to see a 21-year dry spell finally get knocked off uh, it was certainly very cool to see. And uh, we'll see if that gets backed up again next year. So let's keep on the competition talk here just for a second. I came across some things that have piqued my interest over the last week or so. So I'm asking some competition folks I know about it. And it was a pretty hot topic on some social platforms last week. Let me paint a scenario for you, Malcolm. Let's say you and I go to a barbecue contest and we're set up next to each other. We get to talking. And I tell you that all the meat that I have is pre-trimmed by some type of service. For instance, I called into so-and-so butcher shop here in Cleveland uh, the guy that runs the meat counter there just happens to be a competition cook. And he said, hey, do you want me to competition trim the ribs and the the brisket and the chicken and the pork shoulder? So it's all ready for you to go once you show up on site. And I said, well, hell yeah, I want to do that. What do, you, do you have an issue with that? No, man, they've been doing that for years with folks. There's butchers in Memphis that do it. They even do, trim your whole hogs like that. Really? So you can, you know, and I, you know, I get, I know guys that ordered competition trim butts from out in Kansas City and had them shipped to them. So you know, it's that's not something that's that's uh, new or anything. That's no. been going on for a long time. And as long as as long as the rules say that you can show up with trim meat, I don't see any problem with it. I mean, what's you know, saving? It's I guess it's saving them some time. I don't know if it's helping to cook. You still got to cook it. You still got to do everything to it. But I mean, do you feel like maybe a little bit of it? I mean. Do you feel like pre-cooked? No more advantage than it is buying a brisket. Do you, you feel know? like pre-cooked, though, uh, the pitmaster isn't evolving his skills in the proper way or anything like that, or is that up <laughs> to the individual cook? We all know it's how you finish this contest anyway. It's you know it's how it's how you put it in that box and the flavors you put on it right at the end. It's you know that's that's what's winning these contests. And you look at the you know everybody's that's been been said it's just turning into a sweeter and sweeter and sweeter contest that's the way comp barbecues going until until everybody's on a level playing field where they're all getting the same meat at the same time when you get there and you have to take that from start to finish i don't think that i don't think you're gonna you know level it much more because if i can spend 250 bucks on a brisket and somebody's coming to bat with the walmart brisket i mean how is that fair so and I look at it, I mean, if I, I want to cook the best, I want to have the best equipment. I want to have the best meat if I'm doing it. I want to give myself the best chance to win. So it just kind of grows and grows from that. What's the latest update on the smoke shed in the back? Oh, man. It, I'm getting TVs installed this end of this week. Uh, 
it's uh it's getting close man we're down to final clean and getting some sod put around and finish fix up some of the dirt work and i'll be moving in so that i don't know if i'm going to shoot any more videos until i get all my smokers down there and get it set up oh so i might not be putting out something you know i mean just other than some short stuff some reels things like that but those are still pretty popular though right like the short stuff still hitting pretty good Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely, man. I mean, the eyes are on short stuff right now. That's where I mean, we finally had TikTok overtook our, our YouTube page. From followers? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, from followers, yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many followers you got on the tickers? <laughs> it's like, it just hit 1.7. So You're kidding. I mean, wow. No, that's, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. What about yeah. uh, What about Instagram? Is that growing as well too or tiktok just seems to have the momentum yeah right uh is you know instagram's different mm. it was all photos for a while and yeah. that's what it took but instagram has gone to all video it seems now people want the short stuff on instagram and the videos and that's what there's still eyes there there's still eyes on twitter it's just not as much you know there's it's all it's there's so many ways people can consume content now that i feel like you have to play in all of them a little bit you have to have a presence and you know that's that has to be kind of your focus if you're going to do it it's hard to just pick one platform and roll make sure you are following him at all the social media platforms and also on youtube it's the co-creator of how to barbecue right and the pitmaster of killer hogs team you find him right here the first tuesday of every month malcolm always appreciate the time we'll see you in july i right, see you next month hey what are we doing july 4th man that's i don't okay. know if i'm gonna be there <laughs> well, uh gee wait a second now hold the press is it july 4th on tuesday it is. Oh my goodness! Well, we're gonna have to game plan that off air, right? <laughs> that's uh, yeah, because I, uh, <laughs> I'll probably be yeah. blowing up something with my son. Yeah, on that's that probably night, a big so. night for you. All right, we'll get to it. Uh, we'll get to it off air. We'll figure out what we're gonna do. Thank you, Malcolm. As always, I didn't even think about that. Holy moly! Well, next month it's July fourth. I could rest assured. Uh, uh, nobody's probably contracting me for big parties for July 4th, number one. Number two, I don't do fireworks. So I'm not blowing anything up. Number two, I'm going to be right here doing a show. Hell or high water. That's right. So if we got a backfill guest, we can backfill guests. No problem. I'm not looking to encroach on anybody else's good time. But at 9 o'clock at night, people should be getting ready. You know, settle in for bed. No dangerous stuff like fireworks. Blow your hand off doing that nonsense. Come here to the show. Be safe. Enjoy some live fire talk. We'll recount what we had eating earlier in the day in the evening. Why do we love ceramic cookers? I could give you a laundry list, but how about this? We love that they're fuel efficient, number one. We love that they can achieve low and slow temperatures. Also, We'd love that you can really spool them up for the high heat grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in this day of every common ceramic cook? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking is very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire in a round ceramic cooker is not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Well, enter Primo Grill and the game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute that two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. Really, 
When you break it down, there's more than 60 different ways to configure the Primo cooker, so you're only limited by your culinary imagination. They have all the accessories that you want as well because as cooker owners, initially we like the cooker, but then it's like, how many accessories you got? I need all the accessories. Give me accessories. Well, they got them. They have Primo Grill rotisserie accessory, the Primo Grill pizza accessory. What did I see just on the social media is a little bit early. Remember that freestanding piece of crap that I had out in the backyard for a while, that art flame? Well, we got rid of that boat anchor. However, if you liked the style, right, you liked getting a fire underneath a piece of steel like the disc, you had that grill in the center portion, then you could flat top on the outside of it. They came with the disc. I don't know exactly what it's called. I got to reach out to Nick Bauer and see what the deal is. I have some marketing names I would like to talk to him about. They haven't officially named it yet, but I'm not going to mention it here. Go to primogrill.com and find a dealer near you. Only sold through dealers. And check out the oval that's best for you. Buy it. And start looking at all the videos. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Why not? Primogrill.com. We're back with Mike Lang right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And we thank Malcolm Reed for joining us last segment. How to BBQRight.com, his website. And subscribe to him on YouTube.com slash at How to BBQRight, I would imagine. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, Firebug, uh, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. You can find out more by visiting Fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. And might I suggest adding the Fireboard Spark to your arsenal? I'm reaching for it more and more. And at $150, it's giving you extra value because it's also a one-channel fireboard. So not only is it instant read and it's very accurate and fast, if you have the probe, you can turn it into a one-channel fireboard if you're doing a roast or pork butt or whatever, fireboard.com. Hey, my next guest tonight is a regular on this show. If you follow him on social media or visit his website, you're typically delighted at his recipe creation his photography and video shooting skills brand-wise most associated with the industry leader, Weber. We race to the hotline and welcome back Mike Lang from another pint, please. Mike, we have to start with YouTube's poll question of the week, if you don't mind, and I'm asking everybody this. Would you make a 50-50 mix of wood pellets and wood chips to increase the smoke flavor of your pellet cooker? You know, I'm always about experimentation, but I would not do that. I'm sure I would have a disaster. 63% of the YouTube voting public is also agreeing with you. They are not going to make... I'm sorry, they are not... Oh, what the fuck? Hold on, Mike. This is terribly (laughs) embarrassing. I had a terrible issue where all of my uh, sound drops got 
relegated to the original sound output, and then I had to go back and do it. They would not. Andrew, you are not the <laughs> They would not. Also attempt a mix of wood chips and wood pellets. What's your concern, aside from just being a disaster? What's the engineerical concern? That's not a word. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think Malcolm actually hit you're working outside of the manufacturer's recommendation. So Lord only knows what you're going to have happen. I mean, if you're a novice pellet user anyways, uh, you could have trouble just with pellets. Add in something flammable as wood chunks. I just don't think it's a good idea. But I get the premise of bringing wood into the cook, but I just don't think that's the way to do it. Well, I think if it, you were looking for a wood chip fired cooker, those dreams have been dashed, unfortunately, <clears throat> because while there was one coming to market, it has since been walked back over the last uh, two or three months. So if you had put in a pre-order for that ripped grill, RIPT, uh, those pre-orders have been refunded or deposits have been refunded. That grill's not going to happen. And I think that was the only thing that was even remotely close to a, well, I mean, it was 100% close because it was a wood chip driven grill, but there's nothing else on the market that is remotely close to a wood chip grill at this point. So you're going to have to wait and see if anybody else decides to do that. But nonsense, Mike, let's talk about some real stuff. The last time you were on uh, mid-February, I believe it was, we were talking about the release of the new Weber griddle, freestanding griddle. And uh, there was a race between Weber and Traeger to release theirs one day before the other. It's always a race between Weber and Traeger for whatever reason. <laughs> and now that you've had, you know, I mean, f let's call it four months of experimentation, uh, maybe even longer than that before it was actually revealed. Maybe you were uh, given an advanced copy of that grill uh, a few months before that. In your time having it, has it exceeded expectation? Oh, oh my gosh, yes. In fact, I... I like it so much. I almost feel bad about it. Why? <laughs> it's like grill. It's like griller's guilt. You know, talk about uh, live fire cooking. And I'm like, I'm going to go fire up that griddle powered by propane. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. I think part of it is for those of us that have been doing this for a long time, it's something different. And it's always fun to gravitate towards a way of doing things we've all always done. Um, but yeah, I, I got to admit, I feel a little bit guilty about how much I enjoy it. I remember the first time I got my hands on a pellet cooker after I had routinely, this is a long time ago now, after I had routinely talked shit on pellet cookers in every form and fashion. And then Grilla sent me one in secret, said, don't talk about it on the show. We just want you to do some R&D, report back every few weeks as you use it. What do you like? What do you don't like? What would you like to see added? Well, Mike, I fell in love with this pellet cooker. And what was I going to do? remain a charlatan on my show and talk shit. I couldn't do it. So I finally had to reveal my new love of pellet cookers and how all this time I was talking out of school and here I was a, a huge fan. I remain a huge fan. And as to your point of something new, you find yourself going to it. I am not going to lie. Uh, you've seen the smash burger craze for how long has it been? A year or two that it's been really hot? Maybe three years, oh. I think. Um, like, I just started doing smash burgering in my house because my uh, oven has a flat top griddle, like a little piece of mm. shit thing in the middle there. But it works. I have to tell you, I love it. I'm late to the game, Mike. But I love it. They're tasty. They're... Uh, they're myarded all over the place. Even the kids like it. And this is from a guy 
who has professed love, undying, passionate love for Bubba Burger, which everybody laughs at me for, but I love that. But if given the choice right now, if you put a gun to my head, Bubba Burger or Smash Burger, I'm Smash Burger guy right now, and they're fun to cook. Oh, yeah. I'm Team Smashburger for sure. I've always had a funny relationship with hamburgers anyways. Mm. I kind of blame my dad for it growing up that would make, you know, the grilled hamburger that turns into a meatball sort of thing. So I've always kind of, eh, the guy I don't, that we I don't see know, but when it comes to grill, uh, yes, I'm like an expert. time dad. He <laughs> is, but I had the early days when he was working hard for the family. The burgers are not so good. Um, steaks on Sunday are, are fantastic. Um, you know, and I was lucky too. uh, the griddle first experience for me was back in the fall of 2022, uh, up at Weber headquarters, working with the product team, marketing team, and training teams doing videos for not only the standalone griddles, but also the drop in griddles. And for the versatility of having a gas grill, be able to drop a griddle into it all of a sudden, I've got a, a Genesis right. There's a drop in griddle in it all the time because I just, mm-hmm. I happen to use it so much. What could be better with the Weber griddle? I would say all griddles in general, the biggest thing is the mess they can make. Mm. Um, and that's not brand agnostic. I mean, it's funny. I, I, I hearken back. I may have mentioned it before with you. You know, I worked at Friendly's as a grill cook when I was the summer after high school for like three months. And the biggest thing I know as an adult is the smell of dinner from the restaurant coming home. And it's because you're working that flat top and there's no different at home. You know, I've got to take care that the deck is not stained with grease or the concrete's not, or more importantly, I'm not ruining clothes basis, which is pretty easy to do. Uh, so if there's a way to uh, self-contain that, I think we'd all be better off, but it's just the nature of the beast. And frankly, uh, when it comes down to it, I still love it. Uh, many years later, after my first foray uh, in a, on a restaurant uh, flat top. It seems the biggest size for most residential units is 36, like the standard biggest size. Would bigger be better? Would you be happier with a 48 or a 64 or anything like that? No, I mean, funny enough, I've got the 28 and I think it's quite manageable. You know, even cooking for, a, you know, for five people, uh, bigger, you can certainly do more if you're going to entertain more of a bigger family, more friends on a regular basis. But I find the 28 really quite manageable. And on the Weber one, the one thing I like about it from a photography video standpoint is the cover comes off. So I get better light coming across for those smash burgers with the, the larger size, the cover is built into it on, on a swivel. Mm. And I'm always like, ah, I don't like that as much for the light, which is a totally, you know, a Mike Lang problem and not everybody else. Camera eats first, right, pal? The camera always eats first. Simply Recipes is a website you've been contributing stuff to. You have anything working currently over there? Yeah, they've got a, a digital grill issue coming up in June. And, you know, it's funny, you think um, simply as part of the larger dot, uh, dot dash Meredith umbrella, things like uh, Serious Eats and Food and Wine, liquor.com. And it is a, I find it is a great resource even for me, even to contribute to it, but for looking for things that are out of the box that you could either put on the grill that aren't meant for it, or even some good grilling ideas. I'm thrilled I can contribute as a voice for grilling and getting people outside to fire up their gas grill or their charcoal grill. So definitely has some new things coming up for that, including some videos. But uh, for the average cooker, even on a weeknight looking for an idea, I always hit just it's a great resource. Mike Lang joining us here on the show, anotherpintplease.com, his website. Like over the years of our online relationship, uh, although we have met in person, which is <laughs> you know few and far between yeah. with most folks, it's like I've 
almost lived at your house here over the last 12 years or 13 years that I've known you. And I had, uh, we were exchanging some notes back and forth and you had mentioned that soon enough, uh, the Lang house or Lang HQ is going up for sale and you're going to be moving away from the deck that most people probably are familiar with all of your work that you're either shooting for, for the website or with Weber and all that a famed live fire deck, an iconic live fire deck, if I say so, especially amongst us nerds. So uh, where are you going? And is there going to be a 10 tier deck wherever you're going? (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I mean, every, I always say every story comes to an end, but with that end is a new beginning. Uh, I have a a wonderful girlfriend. I move again with her and her kids and part of the excitement of that is is transferring what I've done here to a brand new uh, grilling studio uh, at her place. So mm-hmm. we're converting a, a 1,000 square foot plus uh, pole barn into a, a full grill studio with a kitchen, a commercial kitchen, and most importantly, space for the 40-some grills that I've got right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're right. I mean, it's I've lived in this house and, and really built three-fourths of it myself, including three phases of the deck, which is about, oh, a thousand square feet by itself. But uh, it's it's just everything in gradual course. And it is funny because, I mean, the deck has been like, you know, when the Weber Summit Kamado was first rolled out, that was where all that was filmed. And really a lot of Weber social and videos for the last decade have been there. But I also think people are probably tired of seeing it. Uh, and I know I am, so I'm excited for this new chapter in my life. And importantly, just having the space and the freedom to do all the creation things that I'm so lucky to be able to do in a new environment and make it even better and just throw myself into it a, a thousand percent more. I don't know a lot of folks that are doing it, but it does seem to be something that is starting to bubble up, maybe not as a trend, but some things that it's a, something that people are doing that are in this space and that are content creators so you're going to be converting uh, a pole barn into this evergreen space malcolm reed is in the process of building his pit room sounds like it's almost on the finishing side of the race at this point uh jeff rice over dead broke barbecue did a huge build out i don't know if he built something from scratch or he's converted to garage into something but now he has this evergreen space and of course maddie and kiki up in canada have a grill barn or you know grill studio whatever the hell they call it the thing that holds true to all of these ideas is you're all content creators, all in the live fire space. And I think most everybody is living in an area where there are seasons. And unfortunately, one of those seasons is late fall and then all of winter, which you've proven time and time again, you're a real man. You're going to go outside, whether there's <laughs> 70 degree days or it's negative 70 degrees and you're going to cook. But it would certainly be nice to have a space that is a little bit more climate controlled and out of those elements for you to at least keep control of things as you're making recipes or testing or shooting content. As somebody that's going to be making this thing basically from scratch, you have the structure, uh, you're putting in all of these items. If somebody is also thinking about doing it, what are the, the most important things that you think the content creator should keep in mind building out a space? Yeah, I think part of it is number one, what do you actually want to use it for? Is it simply a backdrop for, you know, doing uh, recipe videos or tutorials or or stories or reels? I'm actually looking for a space for something larger to do. And I'm trying to cram all that into one space. 
Uh, but I think really getting a really good idea on what that end use is going to be, and then being very clear on what your visual plan is to make that space appealing and happening. And I think you part, I, I, we touched on part of that too, is, is making it evergreen. You know, one of the things is if you're creating content for, uh, for brands or for a company is to make sure it can speak to anybody, no matter where, and not to necessarily pigeonhole you as saying, okay, that person's in Florida or they're in the mountains in Colorado, uh, but to a space that is truly evergreen for year round and for no matter where you are in not only this country, but frankly, in the world. Mm-hmm. Mike Lang joining us here on the show. And last September... We did a little thing called Grill Fest, and it appears that the same key players might be making a reappearance here in a few months, uh, which is only, I mean, uh, three months of September. So right around maybe three months to the day, even I think it was mid-September of this year, uh, maybe towards the end, 24th or something like that. There'll be a 2023 Grill Fest. You're going to be on board? I'm on board and confirmed. Yeah, I'm excited. sealed, and delivered. (laughs) <laughs> Have you already been talking about menu items or you do the same thing as last year? What's the thought? You know, it's I, I've been thinking about it, but nothing concrete. Um, I'm not sure yet. Part of it also is what actual products that they want to present from Weber. So that kind of dictates what the end result's going to be, but I'm sure uh, I'll think of something. I just, you know, the, the biggest question for me is will we have time for a cigar afterwards? Well, I can guarantee there will be brothers of the leaf sharing no doubt and i have some, <laughs> i have some great new ones to introduce you to uh so Ooh. don't worry about that we'll make sure that you're set right as you go back to cincinnati uh a few other things here before we wrap up tonight i know you're not a competitive cook but one of the hot topics on the show has been a pre-trimmed meat being delivered to a team instead of the team's lead knife person or trimmer doing it themselves. Do you have a problem with somebody having pre-trimmed meat and competing? You know, as long as you're following the rules, I don't see why it's a problem. I've listened to your comment about that. And I get, there's always the, you know, there's a, there's a parallel. The purists always say, make it from scratch. You know, if I'm going to make a salad, I should make a vinaigrette from scratch. It's pretty easy. At the minimum, it's like three or four ingredients. But sometimes of time and necessity, there's nothing wrong with buying something pre-made or in this case, pre-trim. But if it follows the rules and it helps things out for a team in another way, then, you know, more power to them. July 4th, you won't be on Tuesday, or maybe you will be back uh, in a month from now, (laughs) you know, July 4th. Uh, Didn't understand where July 4th was falling on the calendar. Your go-to menu items. Oh, gosh. You know, it's sadly on July 4th, I'm usually working the day job. Uh, I've not given right. it up yet, which is horrible. I get like no sleep that night. Yeah, but, it's probably very busy. Uh, and, and yeah, it's it's usually a nightmare. But anyways, um, but when I'm actually not working, uh, for me, something simple like pulled pork. It's a day I want to spend more time with, with family and friends. And that's just the best barbecue. It's forgiving. It's easy. It's always a crowd pleaser. And to me, that's just... Uh, what I like to do. Mike Lang has created another pint, please. There's great recipes, great photographs. Make sure you're also following him socially, and you can see him here on the show as well. Mike, always appreciate the time, and we will see you again soon. Thanks so much, Greg. Take care. It's Mike Lang right there. Another pint, please. He's also pretty active on Instagram as well. Uh, another pint, please, there. So go to the website, and you can link to his socials from there. Make sure you're following him correctly. And great stuff, as always. He's a big griddle guy. Big Weber griddle guy, of course. Not shocked there. But he's going to the griddle more and more. That's kind of 
What I'm wondering is I'm seeing all of these new griddles being brought to market by various manufacturers, especially to the ones that are just coming out now. I would say a little late to the game, but the demand still seems to be there. The varying price points still seem to be there. I believe at some point in the next three or four years, some of them will weed themselves out and will be left with probably that low to mid-tier. So like 300 bucks to six or 700 bucks. Top line ones will probably weed themselves out, in my opinion. But we'll see how it goes. All right, we'll be back and wrap this first hour. Your emails are welcome. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And we'll be back right after this. Stick around. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. And we thank Mike Lang for joining us last segment. Another pintplease.com, his website. Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue. Is that a baby white snake on Greg's neck? <laughs> no! Joe, do I strike you as a man that would be okay with a baby white snake? Or any animal on me? No, never. For those that are wondering, it's been here for years, uh, two years now. Maybe not two years. Uh, I have this in-ear monitor, which allows me to hear me, hear the guests, all that stuff. But then it hides for aesthetics on the camera. Uh, this would be the left ear, which is in this case. But of course, this is also the ear that has given me problems where I had that deadly ear disease that was going to kill me within 25 years. It's going to grow through my face, paralyze this portion of my face, then grow into my brain and eliminate me. But we got that worked out. However, the last time they went in to fix it, they had to uh, increase the opening in my ear to have like a straight shot into the eardrum in order to have this thing that kept reoccurring not reoccur. Well, the bad news is this. These are custom molded. So now that I have a much bigger ear opening on this side, the earpiece doesn't fit into my ear. Like, it sinks in. So this should be powering another ear, but it doesn't fit in my ear anymore. And now this ear hurts on the inside, so I don't want to get a new mold made. First world problems, Joe, is what I'm saying, right? Of course. I'm not really complaining. So if you if it would much rather if you would much rather think that it's a baby white snake on my neck, yes, that's exactly what it is. Ready to strike at any malfeasant or ne'er do well that dares step foot into this studio. I won't have it. I have a snake here ready to jump and infect you with electricity. Thank you for writing in, Joe. There's something else you had in too. Yeah, I don't understand this. You wrote this a while ago. Can you bring back the red do-rag? I don't even know what that means. 
Explain yourself on the break as we close the first hour. While you're at it, refresh libations. And we'll point to the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back.